morning, all. It is Thursday, February 2. The Big Sports Breakfast on Sky Sports Radio. Very good morning to you wherever and however you are listening. And yes, February 2, Thursday. That means we are four weeks away. Four weeks away from games. Meaningful games in the NRL. Thursday, March 2, it all starts with the Parramatta Eels hosting the Melbourne Storm. Bring it on, pup. How are you this Thursday? Morning, boys. Morning to our listeners. I'm just watching on our... TV here, England dominate South Africa in the one day, and Jofra Archer is back, boys. Five for 40, Oof. bowled nine out of his 10 overs, and he's bowling quick and he's accurate. So look out. Now I'm not playing. <laughs> That's a great sign for the Ashes uh, and, and for cricket. I think Jofra Archer is an extreme talent. Uh, had a horrible injury, been out for a long time. So from England's perspective, that's a positive. But I think from a fan's perspective as well, I know we're around the corner from starting this test series against India, but then we have the Ashes. So having Jofra Archer back involved in that series will be massive for all of us, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. He just adds that X factor, doesn't he? Gives England confidence, no doubt about that. Uh, morning, Loza. I was in your neck of the woods yesterday. I went and played a few holes there at Northbridge Golf Club, and lo and behold, I just run straight into Joshy Reynolds, a buoyant Josh Reynolds after he I ends bet. up in the top 30 squad there at the Bulldogs. We ended up playing together, and... Yeah, he is uh, on top of the world. We're going to speak to him later this morning. Yeah, morning, boys. Morning, everyone. Um, yeah, that was great news yesterday. And we heard that Josh has picked up a, a spot on the Bulldogs roster. They've recruited quite well this off-season. Um, and I think they'll definitely improve. They've got a new coach in Cameron Serraldo as well. Uh, but, yeah, no, I think Josh embodies what the Bulldog spirit is about. You know, a guy that's you know competes to the end. Um, he's built his game on those small efforts um, he's not the most skillful player, but you know what you're going to get from him every week. He's just a guy that is very passionate about the club. He wants to be involved with the Bulldogs. They lack a little bit of leadership uh, and a bit of experience, and Josh will bring that to the club. Bigger overnight news from over in the States. The retirement of a legend. This time, in his words, quote, for good. Tom Brady has put out a post on Instagram saying that that is it. So it was uh, speculation mounted on um, what club he would head to for next NFL season after his, uh, what, three seasons in Tampa Bay in the end. He's had enough. So at age 45, 23 years in the NFL, which included seven Super Bowl wins, 10 Super Bowl appearances, five Super Bowl MVPs, that many individual accolades. I'd be here all morning reading them out. He now uh, well heads to Fox Sports for a ten-year, three hundred and seventy-five million dollar contract. That's American. <laughs> Very similar losses deal here at the Big Sports Breakfast. Oh, what a career! He's got though. a three in it somewhere, surely. I'd only worked the one year. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, yeah, I don't think that's done. Uh, but anyway, uh, we talk about Brock Purdy and the season that he had, and being Mister Irrelevant, the last person in the draft. You got to remember Tom Brady. He was picked 199 in the sixth round of the 2000 draft. It's hope for us all. So, I mean, you talk about players that missed out, missed out, missed out, then got an opportunity. Tom Brady has well and truly grabbed that opportunity where no one thought he'd have the career that he had. Seven Super Bowl, ten Super Bowl appearances. The GOAT. He is the best of all time. 
the thing that stood out for me was obviously his accuracy with his arm, but he owned the big moment. He, he was, his greatness under pressure was oh, unmatched. He was a winner. Because you look at him, Loz, he's not the flashiest quarterback you've ever seen. He is just a winner. Well, he's not a Lamar Jackson. He's not a um, Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Mm. You know, he's not good on his feet. He's just very good in the pocket. His accuracy and his decision-making. You know, how many times, you know, with less than two minutes to go, the ball is in Brady's hands and you can go in Super Bowls, you can go whatever match you look back on, he got his team home. More, more times than not. And uh, well and truly in the GOAT debate, that's for sure. You bring up all the legends, Jordan, Ali, Tiger, and Brady's right there with them, no doubt about that, considering the longevity. And even this season, he, he was still... I think he led the league in passing yards because they didn't run it at all Tampa Bay. But, yeah, that's it. At age 45, unbelievable. What a career. What a legend. No doubt about that. The great Tom Brady. And we're just watching this. Joffre Archer, Clark. He, uh, Sixth he ended up okay, with. Okay, right. There you go. Just Raising got a smooth the action. Oh, mate, he's athlete. You mm. watch him run, like even running in the field, one-hand pickup, you know, good fielder. Um, yeah, clean bowling action. Yeah. <laughs> When you look at someone's technique, especially as a fastball, like he bowls 140Ks mm. plus, the, the the pressure that goes through his body, he gives himself the best chance because he's so athletic, he's so fit, he's so lean, but his action is, as you say, very clean. Uh, we've also got on in the studio here, it's uh, Pipeline over there in Hawaii. They've had a couple of lay days and it looks like competition is getting underway there. I'll tell you what, this is where we need to push our superiors for an outside broadcast. Oh, yes, How please. do we get to Hawaii for Pipeline? Oh, just a surfing event anywhere. It'd be nice. Thanks. Well, I went to Hawaii. <laughs> Any, anywhere uh, in Australia will do. The start. Let's start with that. Bells Beach. Bells is perfect. Yeah. I, I went to Hawaii and I'm not a big beach goer. I can sit on the beach for an hour or so, but mm. you know, then I'm starting to get bored. When I was last in Hawaii five years ago, we went out over to, to Pipeline. Mm. Honestly, I could sit there all day. Yeah, just watch that massive surf. Just watching yeah. the waves mm. roll in and watching look at people just oh. surf it. It was uh, unbelievable. Uh, so, as I mentioned, we're a month away. And I just had a quick look at the odds for this round one match in a month's time. And I wonder how much Parramatta are being disrespected because the Melbourne Storm are $1.58 favourites travelling to Sydney for that round one game. Parramatta $2.40 and plus four and a half at the line. There seems to be this, I guess, prevailing thought, Loz, and I, I think it'll be reflected in a lot of our top fours and top eights when we do one before round one. The Parramatta are going to go backwards this year. But, you know, the spine's still very much intact. I know they've lost Reed Marnie. They get Josh Hodgson. I guess they're notable losses are Isaiah Papali'i and maybe Nia Kore. Uh, and whether, you know... Reed Marnie. Yeah, you know, uh, the fact he's been replaced by Hodgson. Yeah. I would say he's, you know, the spine yeah. is intact. Yeah, but it's, it's still... I don't know. You could argue that it's not as strong a side as last year. And if they're going to go backwards, um, that's pretty easy to do because you've got to make a grand final. If you don't make a grand final, then you haven't had a successful season compared to the previous one. I don't know whether the market is being disrespectful because Melbourne Storm under Craig Bellamy have never lost a round one game. Amazing stat, isn't it? So (laughs) I'd say that'd be part of the reason why Melbourne will go into this game as favourites. But I I wouldn't be writing Parramatta off in this game. You know, they've, they've got some players missing for round one. I think 
it will be a tight game. Um, you know, there'd be no Pappenhausen for Melbourne. But you look at the record of Craig Bellamy, round one, never losing. I can understand why they're favourites. Because the tab and other agencies have probably been taken for a mozza every round one for the last 20 years. Who are you tipping, Clarky? A month out. You can change your tip, by the way, when we actually get to the week it's going, it's being played. No, I think I'd probably go Melbourne because of Bellamy's record, that game one record. Um, and last year's last year. doesn't count anymore. So for Para, it's, you know, it's back to you start on zero when you walk out to bat, you know, even if you're coming off a double hundred. Next time you walk out, you start on zero. Uh, now, pretty wild as well as... Mm. Uh, you know, we saw the Burries coming out yesterday for Saturday's racing. Pretty wild. Race five, number four on Saturday. Barry at seven of ten. But the jockey booking, Jay McDonald. And he said back that on. there was a, a bit of a hint from the stable that might be mm. saved for next Wednesday. I haven't heard uh, from Chris. Uh, I don't know what that means. I'm sure there'll be an email today letting me know if she'll be running Saturday or... He'll be holding it back till Wednesday, but already had a bet. Yeah, I'm pretty confident. When well, I saw the jockey booking, I yeah. had a bet straight away. Three sixty to three eighty yesterday. Mm. I hope she runs. I hope she. Hope they give her a crack. Thirteen hundred. I don't know how she's going to go, but I hope they give her a crack. And uh, second up with the multi. First up, you know, it was an issue, Loz, but you know, you, you're always better second up, aren't you? you? You you're not a fresh galloper. No, I'm always well, we're about to find out. Third, fourth, <laughs> fifth. Further into my preparation, I'm, I, I go all right. But uh, that's in the fifth race, isn't it? Yep. Because uh, I'm going. I think I told you to Ramwick. You are for a wedding. Yeah. On Saturday, mm. and that race mm. that Pretty Wild is running in is running in the Dave and Sam handicap. Look out. Very good. Yes. There we go. So that might be an omen as well. Yeah. Come on. Are they presenting the... I, well, I don't know. Sa- or I don't know if there would be a sash. I, I don't know. Okay. All I know is I've got to be there early. There we go. And then yeah, it's going to be a big day. day. <laughs> she gets up. Can you celebrate for me? If she wins, I'll be in the winner's... Beautiful. Circle. Beautiful. I'll be down there. Collecting it, getting photos, <laughs> <laughs> doing the speech, <laughs> giving bank details. <laughs> Good as gold. Back page of the Daily Telegraph. Dogs get top marks, but coaches query final say is the headline here. So uh, this is the or oh, part two, as uh, the coaches and assistant coaches been uh, part of this survey uh, by the Daily Telegraph, and uh, some of the questions posed here. Best off-season additions. And uh, the Bulldogs recruits, top of the pile here, Viliami kick-out, getting 29% of the coaches and their assistants' votes. Reed Marnie, 25%. And next is Brandon Smith on 18%. And uh, in the crux of this article, well, another question was, who should have the final say of recruitment? <laughs> and the coaches naturally... 71% of them said they should get the final say in recruitment. No shock there, Loz. Uh, no shock at all, Mido. Look, I think that the coaches should have a say, most definitely, in recruiting plans for any organisation. Uh, but I still think you need someone there that protects the club and makes decisions based on the best interests of the club. Because if you're a coach in your final season, you're under pressure, you've got 
you a million and a half dollars to spend. You're just going for what you can get. You're not thinking about any future plan. You're just going, well, I'll get him because he's a good player. I'll get him. And you sign him for two or three years and you could leave your side in a mess. You could leave the club in a mess. Uh, so I think that while I'm not a fan of committees making these decisions, I think you've certainly got to have consultation and you've got to have guys that you trust that can build a footy team. Um, and the only thing I, I don't like about route, about committees is they procrastinate. They just take too long to get decisions mm-hmm. done and make decisions on players. Um, and you can miss out. So I, I think that you definitely need someone in charge, uh, but you've got to have a process where you talk to the head coach and talk to other people in and around the game, people at your own club, and then make a fast decision on whether you go and get that person or not. The big key with recruitment, though, as, as well, Loz, there has to be checks and balance on the coach, though, doesn't there, if, if the coach has absolute power, because you don't want to be in a situation... Because coaches can think short term yeah, yeah. and get your salary cap way out of whack very, very quickly, as we've seen. We've seen clubs do it in the past. Yeah, exactly right. And you know what? It's not so much taking a risk on um, some of the more experienced players. It's more about those young guys that you've got to know and, you, and you've got to have a handle on them. And some young players these days get astronomical amount of money. So they're the ones you've got to be careful of as well, like not paying way over to get a certain player to your club that turns out to be not as good as you thought. Whereas at least if you've got a player that's played a few years in the NRL, you can get a better handle, better indication of how he's tracking and what he can bring to your club. And you can you know, talk to people in and around his network, find out what type of guy he is. You can see yourself, you know, what his actions are like on the football field, what he's like as a person away from the footy field. So... Um, there's a lot that goes into recruitment, but you've got to make sure that the club's protected. You just can't willy-nilly hand the checkbook to the coach. I don't think. No, no, of course. Uh, other questions here. Uh, now, are coaches consulted enough by the NRL? No, 79%. Not surprising there. Rate the quality of officiating. Uh, two out of five, 38%. And three out of five, thirty-three percent. Four out of five, twenty-five percent. Uh, should the game have a window at the end of the season for internationals? Yes, ninety-six percent of the coaches and their assistants said. Best coach in the NRL? Well, no surprise. Craig Bellamy, sixty-seven percent. Next was Craig Fitzgibbon, and of course, only one year in the top job there at the Sharks, thirteen percent. And then Ivan Cleary, eight percent. Um, also here, what is, uh, who is the best player outside your club? And Nathan Cleary got 57% from the coaches there. Uh, next was Cameron Munster, 17%. James Tedesco, 13%. And for all our talk about Tom Trebojevic, he was next at 9%. So Out of mind, out of sight, Tommy. I think if you asked that question the previous year, I think a lot of people would have said Tom. And it changes quite a bit because there's not much between all those players. They're all very, very good. You know, they're, they're, they're the best players in today's game. And I can understand why you'd be split. Because if someone gave you an open checkbook and you had to sign one of those five players, who would it be? I reckon it'd take you a while to figure out which one you wanted. Depends on your club's needs, isn't it? Well, it depends on your club's needs. But if you're starting from scratch, if you're, you know, just looking at an individual player and his talent, who do you go for? Gosh, that's a tough question. 
if you had fifth choice and you ended up with the fifth player, well, you'd be still happy. Yeah, definitely. So uh, was it Cleary, Munster, Tedesco, oh, Trebojevic? Yes. Was that the f- four or was there another one? Uh, Cleary, Munster, Tedesco, Trebojevic. Yeah, so uh, uh, yeah. either of those four. Doesn't, it doesn't worry me. And I'll tell you who's next, Dylan Edwards. He got 4%. And what Dylan Edwards, there's a lot of players in the game on more money than Dylan Edwards. And there he mm. is. He was the fifth, basically the oh, Value fifth. for money, Dylan Edwards gives you plenty. You know, what he's been able to do the last 12 months, or possibly 18 months, has been exceptional. You know, he just got better and better. Um, you know, he's not the most skillful player, but you know what you're going to get from him. Every week he turns up, he'll give you 20-odd runs. He's always pushing on the ball. He's in support. Uh, he's not the flashiest player, um, but he's certainly gutsy and he's tenacious and never lets you down. Big night at the SCG, pup, and uh, it's the challenger. So for the right to play in the Big Bash final against the Perth Scorchers on Saturday and the Sydney Sixers up against the Brisbane Heat and the market with Tab has the Sixers $1.53, the Heat $2.50, back page of the telly, Dan Mann for Sixers. So with Steve Smith, of course, off to India, Dan Hughes looks like he will be getting the nod to replace Smith there. Only played, what, three games as he's been behind uh, Smith and uh, England import James Vince as well. Uh, So he's going to get a crack tonight. And uh, also back page of the Australian headache for BBL. Two sides just too good. So uh, just some concerns about the dominance of the Scorchers and the Sixers. Uh, This is the last thing the Sixers would want to be reading today, considering mm. they haven't got through to the final yet, but uh, I think the, the Scorchers have won four titles, the Sixers three, yeah. and a few sides have shared one title in the history of the Big Bash League, but uh, uh, a big ask for the Heat tonight, considering well, they've lost a third of their side. Mm. Kawaja, four? lose four players? Yeah, Kawaja, Labashane, Renshaw, Renshaw Swepson. Yeah, that's, that's huge. Oh. Yeah, it's going to be tough. And at the SCG, where the Sixers do pretty well, their spinners play a big part. Uh, Daniel Hughes, good player. I think smart decision from the Sixers as well because he's a senior player. He's been around for a long time, so the pressure of a final won't get to him. Um, Dan Christian, his last season in the BBL as well, so another reason for the Sixers to want to get to that final. I think no matter who takes on the Scorchers, I'm not sure you can beat them in in their own backyard. I think their record is phenomenal. They love conditions up there in Perth. Uh, they use the conditions really well. So, yeah, I think oh, this game this game will be a good game, a great opportunity for the Brisbane Heat, who haven't had too many successful seasons. Um, but, yeah, that's a, that's a massive ask when you lose your four best players, really, um, to international duties. Uh, Sixers lose Nathan Lyon and Steve Smith. I think are the only two. So... Uh, yeah, I, I think the Sixers will, will win this game and play the the Scorchers in the final. Welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast. Give us a call, 13.53.53. Send us a text, 0419-767-272. And get your tickets for the Big Sports Breakfast lunch, Friday, Feb 24. Just go to the ATC's website to get involved. It's going to be a great afternoon. The uh, guests just coming together at the moment will make... Uh, More announcements on that as it's all confirmed as we get closer. But a great afternoon is in prospect in, uh, well, less than a month's time now. Uh, What are your thoughts on the electric bikes? Like the push They're everywhere. I saw one yesterday. Everywhere, Clarkie. And it looked like a cracker. I'm I'm thinking about buying one. (laughs) It looked like a cracker. I just think like... With the big thick tyres. Yeah. Uh. I don't mind the... 
work out of riding it yourself as in a normal pushy, a normal bike. But where I live, I've got a big hill. T- so to get back up, I think mm. I need the electric bike. Okay. You reckon they're safe on the road? No, I don't. You reckon you? I'm every chance of getting run over. Yeah. Yeah, that's my only worry as well. And all yeah. you've got is a little crash helmet on. Well, so I wouldn't feel safe on a motorbike. Oh, no, a motorbike, so, you're safe. But if I, I, if I didn't feel safe on a motorbike, I don't think I'd be... No, nah, motorbike bikes. I feel I feel safe because you ride like a car. Like you take up, you ride in the middle of the road, you take up, mm. you got your disc, like that, that's all fine. But I, the only thing I worry with the electric bike, <laughs> you feel like you're a bit invincible, but you're actually on the side of the road. So, Mate, don't get an electric bike. You don't reckon? No, I just had this Mate, vision I, I of just, I, just, I can't see you on an electric bike. <laughs> Why? I just can't. No, it's a big tyre. I, I can see it. What, what, what do you mean? You can't, just, what does that mean? Oh, you'll have the big handlebars. No. Have, get around Bondi with the no shirt on. and Jacket. What? Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's, I'm, I'm thinking like a bit of like for fitness as well. And like, you know, you just got to go to the shops to pick something up rather than get in your car and drive all the time. <laughs> Just get on the pushy and get down there. But I need the electric to get back up the hill. You're not sure, eh? No, I just don't think it suits you. you so go. I've got to walk. No, just jump in the car. Or drive. Or get a push bike. Oh, so you just, oh, pushy's okay, just pushy's electric bike's right, not. Yeah. I don't reckon I can get back up the hill, Loss. It's like, is that big? I'll have to get mm. off and walk it up. I don't know. Would you go electric bike? Doubt it. Yeah. It's not my style. I just have this vision of you on one of those mopeds that all like you know the not the, Vespa. the suits yeah the Vespas. Only time I rode a mes- with, with moped the helmet was on Bali. Who me or Loz? No Loz and like yeah, being I, in the lights. Yeah. Loz on a Vespa with his helmet on, <laughs> just his nose yeah, sticking not, out the I'm front. Not, I, I'm not riding a Vespa. I'd rather I can just go the, go the motorbike if necessary. Oh, I guess the only time I rode a Vespa it was in a, in well was it Bali back in '93. How'd that go? Mate, it was good. Yeah. They, Mate, what about the oh. coppers over there? They pull you up. Mate, you just hand them money, away you go. Oh, really? Right. Why can't that happen in Australia? I'd have a few anywhere. more points on my license yeah, if you could do that. Over in yeah. Bali. I think that's for a lot of indiscretions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, mate. Just pay the money. Well, that was 30 years okay, ago. Well, you both so did, I'm, you I'm assuming things me. haven't changed. I don't know. I was actually expecting you'd changed, have a brand, Mido. Like you would have a brand that's, that made good electric bikes. Nah, not sure. Okay. Right. Sure, well, thanks Can't for help you. nothing. You too. Mm. You both don't think I should get one. No, no, no. no I'm happy for you to it's get up one. To you. What back. you want to do? How are you going to dink someone? Can you dink? No, I'm not. On that? It's not for can dinking. Can you dink on electric bike? Let's put some pegs on the back. I can hang on. I've never seen. No, I'm not buying it to dink. I'm buying it just to like, yeah. just you know, when you just got to go to the shops or you just got to do something yeah. instead of getting in the car again and driving. As a kid, did you like to dink? What what do you what are you calling dink well, on, the, you, you, on the back of the yeah, seat? Yeah, you're on the back. You're on the back. No, I didn't mind because I had a pushy that had pegs on the back, so we you lived could stand up li- and hang on. Well, we lived the f- when I grew up in Junee, our street was the furthest south mm. of town, so we lived what we thought was way out of town. Mm-hmm. So if someone had a bike, you'd be on the back. You, you got on the back. You right. got on the okay. back. Too far to walk. What about well, my sister's bike? And she wouldn't let me ride it, so I'd have to sit on the front on the handlebars. Yeah, handlebars was Mate, another one. How uncomfy was that on oh, your yeah. backside? Not good. It was uncomfortable if you had a stack. <laughs> oh yeah, we had a heap of crushes. Yeah. Did I you ever go to Park where I, you were? Uh, nah, we just rode down the local park. I had a mate. I think I told you I had a mate that did a jump, went off a jump mm. on his BMX. Put your breakfast down mm. as oh, yeah, he's in the air. Me. Oh no, the seat come oh, off. Oh no, yeah. no. 
So that pole that holds the seat. Oh, mate. Don't have to be so graphic. Went into a nasty part nah. of the body. Oh, oh mate. I remember trying to Poor impress, impress a girl on my Ouch. bike one day. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> Going over a jump. You know when you go over a jump and you give a quick look? Oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. No. Oh, oh, thought I busted my shoulder, but I jumped up and dusted myself off. Oh, and sure, yeah. Went around the back. I come off mine as well, Loz. Chasing oh, my sister. Scar. My sister had a fight yeah. with my dad. So she thought she was going to leave home. Yeah. And then I thought, my sister's two years older than me. I thought, no way, my sister can't leave. So I got on the pushy, chase. tried to chase after her and yeah. come off in the rose bush. Did she come back? I got her. Yeah, yeah I got her back on. Put her, She stood on the pegs. I rode her home. Oh, come, don't leave me, sis. What was I thinking? <laughs> she kicked her out and stole a bedroom. Oh. <laughs> she had a much better room than me. Yeah, she, she went around Australia for a year. She's still she? she's around Australia now. She's in Tassie as we speak. Unreal. Her Just husband, two kids. kids, caravan. Mm. Yep, they've been gone for. They left last December. I flew them all home for Christy Day at my house this year. Then they flew back to Tassie, and now they're. I think they'll. I think they've got another six months to go. They're doing a year and a half. How good! So she'll stop in. They'll leave Tassie, go up the top of Queensland. I think she's going to stop in Noosa for two months to, to do some work up there. Uh, make some more money and then play on. Yeah, they've loved it. Mm. They have absolutely loved it. Brilliant. All right. The Newcastle Knights for season 2023. And, uh, well, last year they finished 14th. They had six wins and 18 losses. Uh, their gains and losses. So they've gained Lockie Miller, who, of course, confirmed in the last couple of days there at the Sharks, from the Sharks. Jack Hetherington from Canterbury. Adam Elliott from the Raiders, Tyson Gamble from the Broncos, Jackson Hastings from the West Tigers, and Greg Mazu from the Gold Coast Titans. Their losses, Mitch Barnett's gone to the Warriors, Edric Lee and Anthony Milford to the Dolphins, uh, Jerome Omasia to Parramatta, Tex Hoy's gone over to the Super League, as has Suaso Su, uh, Pasami Solo to Canberra, Clemmer to the West Tigers, Chris Randall to the Gold Coast Titans. And with Tab... Uh, they're uh, well. They're long odds, as you'd expect. They're fifty-one dollars to win the premiership. You can get them six dollars to make the top eight. And in the most losses market, they're on the second line of betting at six dollars behind the Dolphins. So, how is it all shaping up for an under pressure coach in Adam O'Brien and his squad for twenty twenty three? In your eyes, look, loss? I think it's a better squad than last year. The biggest talking point in the off season has been the move from, well, move. Kalen Ponga from one to six, um, and a lot of responsibilities on his shoulders. And we know Kalen is an exceptional talent. He plays extremely well at origin level, but we just haven't seen him do that consistently at the NRL level. But if he does, we were talking there before the six o'clock news about the best players in the game. He could arguably join that list. That's how talented he is. But you've got to have other people around him taking pressure off him. And it starts with their forward pack. And I like the look of Adam Elliott and Jack Hetherington going to the club. Now, we know that Jack's got a bit of a rap shoot. But if he stays on the park, he's a dynamic player. You know, he's got good speed. uh, He's aggressive. He's everything you're looking for in a footballer. He just needs to be disciplined, more disciplined. If you get him on the field for 20 games, you'll see what Jack Hetherington can deliver for a footy team. We saw what Adam Elliott was able to do for the Raiders last year. I thought he had an instant impact. He brings plenty of energy. He's good with the football. Gets through a heap of work. 
Uh, great teammate and team man. Um, and I think he'll bring plenty of enthusiasm to this team. The Saifidi brothers up front, so they've got good go forward. Both those Saifidi brothers, every time, again, they've played Origin, they've handled it, and they've taken the New South Wales teams forward. So I, I think they're a really good team and a, a better situation. They're in a better situation this year than what they were last year. They missed Braley at the start of the year, their hooker, um, and he's... Uh, apparently training really well, uh, brings good leadership to the club. He's serviced out a dummy half. He's very smart. You've got Jackson Hastings going to the club, uh, off-season recruit who plays on the ball as a seven, which I like. So he'll control things. He'll allow Ponga to float. Uh, Lockie Miller will be the key, just how far he's progressed. We only saw glimpses of him last year. He's got great footwork, good speed. But whether he's, been, whether he's able to adapt quickly enough to the system they've got in place, but also his ability to organise a defensive line. We've seen how, so, uh, seen how important the fullback is with his communication skills. He's got to be able to talk, and he's got to be on the, on the front foot. He's got to be able to communicate with his nine. He's got to work really well with his seven and six, and he's got to just make sure that the middles are tight. If they're shorter numbers, he's got to make sure he drags one from one side of the ruck to the other side of the ruck. If he needs to jump in the line, he's got to be able to do that. He's got to organise his wingers. He's, he's got a lot of things that he has to take care of the fullback. Um, and I don't know whether he's got that experience yet, but when you watch him as a footy player, he's got that dazzling footwork and speed. And if you get loose through the middle and Lockie Miller is pushing in support, I think he can have an instant impact. They've got wingers that can carry the ball out of yardage too, which I like. Dom Young... And this guy by the name of Greg Marzu from the Gold Coast. He's, he's a different size to Young. He's a lot smaller, but he's thicker. Mm. So he's a real block-busting, tackle-breaking winger. So they should be able to get out of trouble. They've got to get the best out of Bradman Best. You know, Bradman Best arrived on the scene as a young superstar. He's had some injuries. But if he's fit, again, he's a guy that can break a game open. A gag I will be... Reliable, so I think overall this Knights team is better than last year. But like what we were saying about the Tigers and the Warriors, I, th- I think they'll have better seasons than they did last year. But will they win enough games to make the finals? And that's my question mark. I, I don't know whether they'll be able to play finals football this year if they can keep the seventeen man roster on for the majority of the year. They're capable of getting there. Mm. But if they start to lose a few injuries, I'll worry about their depth. They've got winnable games in the first month. They've got the Warriors away, the West Tigers away. Then they come home for two weeks for the Dolphins and the Raiders. You've got to be winning two out of four. They've got to be aiming least. for three. Well, they started last year winning their first couple of games. And they, they used the ball. And they yeah. used the ball and they had this great attack. And we we're all going, wow, the Knights, we've underestimated them. But then they fell into a hole. Adam O'Brien's under pressure. We know that. Um, but I think they're a team that's got some good young players. Um, but this starting 13 is a good team. It's a very, very good team. But my question mark will be their depth and whether they can sustain it for a long period of time. But Caelan Ponga, he will be the key, but he'll need other people helping him and supporting him um, because we know how dynamic he can be with the football and he can change your game like no other. It's just a club that always seems to suffer from injuries as well. And as soon as they suffer a couple, they, yeah, they've, a lot, they've yeah. lacked... And for, for a team from Newcastle, Toughness. they've lacked resilience. Mm, yeah. 
Yeah, and I shouldn't say toughness because anyone that plays NRL is tough. Mm. Um, so resilience is a better word. Um, and, and that's what you need to do. And, and that comes down to how hard you work in the off-season and how much you're prepared to sacrifice to your teammate. And you're, you're going to be demanding of your team. I, th- I think sometimes with a lack of leadership in any club, what tends to happen is you don't have players that are capable or want to get people offside. So they're just prepared to sit there, even though they're, they're thinking that someone's not doing their job and not telling him. And all good footy sides that I've ever played in, you'll have players calling you out. In a team meeting or on the ground or wherever it may be, someone will say, lift your game. You're not doing what you said you were going to do. And unless you've got players like that in your squad, you'll never get the best out in your team. Everyone's got to be accountable. But the more accountable you are to your teammate, that's when it really hits home. Like the coach can talk to you about being resilient, but if you've got a teammate saying, mate, you let us down today, you didn't do X, Y, and Z, that hits you between the eyes harder than what a coach, if a coach said it. Um, and, and I don't know how many of these players in that Newcastle Knights team would be prepared to sit there and say to Kalen, hey, Kalen, we need this from you today, mate. Mm. And if you don't do this, well, we're going to challenge you in the team meeting on Tuesday. Mm. And, 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 and that's how you start to get a bit of resolve and make people accountable. Um, so a lot of responsibility on Jackson Hastings' shoulders to help Caelan Ponga. I don't think they can play finals footy, but I think they'll have a better year. And Crossy on the text line says, lads, the Knights are stronger in 2023 than 2022. It's shape up or ship out for all involved. They have too many players playing on potential. Mm. They need to step up. Bradman That's a fair Best. Call. Bradman Best, he's the one for me. I think we've seen glimpses of him being a very, very gifted player. As a young bloke coming through, yeah. he was always La- the one that was going to be the mm. dominant player. And he looks big. Like, he looks strong. I reckon mm. he he needs to have a belter this year. I, yeah. I thought he was, for expectation that's on him, I, I, I didn't think he had a great year last year. Yeah. I know he's had a heap of injuries, injuries as well, yeah. but I reckon you might see a... You might see a different side to him this year. Well, there was some talk they were going to shift him to the wing and there was some talk that they might look to move him on. So you'd think... He's Bradman, under pressure. Yeah, but you'd also think that that would motivate you too, yeah. wouldn't you? Because yeah. you're a Newcastle I boy, exactly you want to stay. Right. Yeah, it's a kick sure. in the bum you probably need. Yep. You know, get yourself fitter and go out there and show everyone what Have you a can year. do. Yeah, I agree. Thanks to people on the text line for sending us uh, well, looks pretty links cool, for these electric bikes. Not cheap, Clarky. Mate, I didn't <laughs> think it was going to be anywhere near that expensive. It does look cool, but no, I'm, mate, I'll go buy Would you, a you have your uh, seat as low as that, or would you have it a bit higher? I'd have it where it's appropriate for my height. That looks a bit low for mine. <laughs> okay, well then put it up a bit. I'd rather, you know, and I want the big handlebars too. What do you mean? It's not a Harley. No, I know, but I just want it to be <laughs> it's good. It's a pushy. Like they'd ride around it's like on it's the a beach, mountain. You know? It's like a mountain bike. You've got to be, it's comfy. It's, you know. Do you wear a pad? What do you mean, a pad? Like on the seat. What do you do? No. Normal, natural. No, no. I'm go- so you don't I'm, put a pad on the seat? I'm going shorts and t-shirt and the crash yeah. helmet. That's it. I'm not, I'm not wearing bike attire. I'm not wearing oh, the bike you, kit. Just, I'm like this. I'm going to the gym. You I want to ride to the gym. Lycra? No. I'm going like this. Shorts, T-shirt, and oh. a helmet. That's it. Would you this pull up is... at a cafe in Bondi with it? Yeah, that's what yeah. I want to use it for to be able to just... I've got to go to Woolies, pick up some stuff, put it on the handlebars, and drive home. Ride home. That's what I'm saying. Or go to the gym, do my session, get on, ride home. 
So you're going to do the shopping on the bike. Oh, I've got to just go buy something. That looks cool, Mido. How expensive? $20,000. Oh, <laughs> what? It's a bike. Yeah, no. Nah, I'm no. Okay. Well a motorbike. Change the subject. Yeah, I'll, I'll go buy another yeah. motorbike. Someone texted yeah. in saying this screams of midlife crisis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it does. Um, <laughs> oh, you reckon, and, the, you reckon that's the midlife crisis, buying a bike? Well, you know the, you know the funny thing about that? <laughs> you look, well, Miss Daisy, because you'll have to have a basket at the front of that bike. You're not having a basket, mate. To put your... Groceries in, mate. Listen, you put a, just a little where you get one bag of food or whatever you're getting. Right. It goes on the hand like you stick it on your handlebars. You don't need a basket. You'd have a basket. Hey, you've put lost the basket it. on it. Dog on the front. You reckon? <laughs> ride around. Twenty grand, mate. That is Waving. ridiculous. Whatever happened to the? Does lap? that ride for you? Oh, you? You want it to do everything? Does that come Float. with a? Does that come with a driver? <laughs> Seriously, that's that's yeah, outrageous. I, no, I'm, I'm, okay, I was thinking it might have been a thousand dollars for one of these things. The young lady that you were trying to impress when mm. you did the jump in June as a kid and hurt yourself and dusted yourself off as mm. if nothing happened. Um, what, what what happened to her? Oh, she was probably four or five years older than me. Mm. She was probably seventeen at the time. So was she impressed? 14, I heard a giggle <laughs> at the crash. <laughs> did she come and check you? Okay. <laughs> no. Oh no. I heard them laughing and then they walked off. So, so how do you work. reckon I went? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder where she is now. I wonder where What's she, she is doing now. now? What yeah. was her name? <laughs> Small town Judy. <laughs> what, was, what was her name? I'll tell you in the break. Okay. <laughs> Couple of games of cricket overnight in the third one-day international in Kimberley in South Africa. England have won by 59 runs. They posted seven for 346. A couple of centurions there. David Milan, 118. And Joss Butler, who's been in good form, 131. Uh, in that big total. In response, South Africa rolled for 287 and Jofra Archer, 9.1 overs, one maiden, six for 40 for Jofra in his recent return to international cricket after 22 months out, battling injuries, and he's back with a vengeance and we'll be tracking him heading into the ashes in the middle of the year, which he is stated he wants very much to be a part of. Uh, there was also a 2020 game overnight, which was a serious decider between India and New Zealand. And that was in Ahmedabad. And, uh, well, India, jeez, four for 234 from their 20 overs. And Shubman Gill, uh, big knock. 126 not out of 63 balls, 12 fours and seven sixes. And gee, the quicks, or well, the New Zealand bowlers cop some tap. Lockie Ferguson, none for 54 from his four overs. Jeez. Uh, one for 50 off three, Blair Tickner. And in response, they'll roll for 66 New Zealand. Uh, so very convincing series clinching victory there for the Indians. There's a League Cup uh, semi final second leg this morning. And, uh, well, it's to decide who will play Newcastle, who haven't won a trophy, I think, for nearly 70 years at Wembley. And uh, this match is between, well, it's Manchester United and Nottingham Forest. And I believe it's kicking off in about 20 minutes' time. I just can't find the market. Uh, but uh, United taking a 3-0 lead on aggregate. Uh, I know it's a big thing going match. to Wembley, Mido, and playing in all these trophies. But where does this one rank? Oh, the League Cup. So you've got it, it, the Premier League, then you've got the FA Cup. Yeah, yeah, the League Cup's next. The, the third. League's the third. But, you know, you, you take any trophy. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I understand that. Get that. A lot of history behind it, but I just didn't know where it sat. That was all. Yeah, that's, that's below the FA Cup. Oh, has that changed its name? 
Oh, it's had a few names. It had a few names. I'm actually not sure the sponsor at the moment, but right. it's the League Cup. Yeah. So the the FA Cup can include non-league teams. Yeah. The League Cups just teams in the Premier League, the Championship. Because when I was going up, it was two. always the FA Cup in my mind. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, the Australia. league, the FA Cup had a, well, I think, a bigger profile. You know, Than twenty years league. ago. Yeah. So, but now it's mm. you know a, a lot. A lot of clubs will play. You know squad players in these yeah. cup competitions, particularly the bigger clubs I'm talking about. Um, so many cups to play for, and obviously the bigger clubs prioritise the Champions League and the Premier League, very mm. much so. How you going, Gowie? Good morning, fellas. I'll tell you what, the Dubai Desert Classic couldn't have finished <laughs> more appropriately, couldn't it, with uh, Rory McIlroy just defeating Patrick Reed by a shot. I reckon he enjoyed it too. <laughs> Oh, I think that's like he's won some majors, but I think that really that was the one. He uh, that fourteen footer. Like we all thought it's going to go to a playoff. He's a, obviously a good player and a good putter, but you know to, to hold it under that pressure and you know <laughs> with everything that's been happening and the the melee during the week when Patrick Reed threw a tee at him at the on the practice fairway and you know Reed's ball being stuck up in the tree on the seventeenth and he identified it, but it's not really the tree the ball went into. So. It was a big week, actually. It was great viewing. It was actually... You know, I reckon they need more of it, rivalries. Hey, I'm with you, Loz. Mm. Golf's boring. So it actually made it really good yeah. uh, watching it. It was good night, that Monday night uh, viewing. And, um, yeah, that's what this Live Tour and the PJ Tour, it, it, it's, it's done a bit of this. And with uh, until the courts rule on uh, the European Tour, you will see uh, a lot of Live players trying to get world ranking points uh, and playing on the European tour. So it could be the biggest year for the European tour. If uh, if the players win, the Polters and the guys who want to play the live tour and the European tour, if they win, it'll be a huge, like Bryson DeChambeau, Mickelson, Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Kem Smith will all play to get world ranking points on the European tour because they've got exemptions on them. Yeah, just on that, I know there's different tours and all that type of stuff, but if if they ended up getting um, banned from from competing in these other other um, tours and other big majors, do you think they'd ever think about what well, you've got the live golf players? Will they play? And whoever finishes top four there plays top four of the another tour. Like bring uh, it all like, together and have it like, oh, it's just too far apart. They'd never work. Consider working oh, with each other. Hey, they're a long way apart at the moment, but that that'd be the the end goal, and that that's what'd be good for golf if they had a. A proper world tour, the one Norman spoke about years ago, like 25 years ago, that actually wasn't his idea, by the way. It was another player's idea. Um, But he was the spearhead of it, like he is for this. So that would be the best way to do it, is if there was a world tour, 20 events around the world, not just in America. This is is what's getting me. We've struggled to get American players here in the last 10 years because all money, like they want a million bucks. I remember a number of years ago that Matt Kuchar got... Like three hundred thousand US dollars to come down here and play. He didn't put more one more bum on the seat See, or yeah. through the gate, and um, they still paid him because that was what was required. But now they're going all around the world. They've gone to all parts of the world to to play. Even coming down here, Mickelson never come down to Australia other than the the Presidents Cup in two thousand nineteen and eleven. And um, so now they're going everywhere. So if they made a proper world tour, that they had to go and play these different places in the four majors, and then you filter down 
to the other tours around the world, like the US tour and then the, the European tour, the Australian tour, that would be what would be great. But the big boys have got to get to the table yet and sit down. And um, I think there's a few egos that got to get out of there first, yeah. out of both organisations, uh, before that conversation will happen. Well, some big boys are certainly at the Saudi in International this week. Uh, Cameron Smith is the $8 favourite with Tab from Dustin Johnson at $8.50. Crackfield uh, with, I'm sure, very significant prize money at stake. Oh, there is. And there's 14 Aussies in here. So the good part of this, this is part of the Asian tour that the Live Tour bought. They will get world ranking points. The Asian tour normally pays for about five or 600000 on on different weeks. Sometimes they get up to a million. They're playing for $5 million this week. Uh, so a bit of a pay cut for the live guys that are playing in it, like Brooks Kepkes, Phil Mickelson, Bubba Watsons. They're a bit of a pay cut. They're normally used to playing for $25 million a week. But 14 Aussies, young kids like Louis Dobler, Jack Thompson, um, Todd Sinnott, these guys are going to get a chance to play alongside these guys. And that's how you improve playing against the, the best players in the world. So uh, Lucas Herbert's playing in this. He's had a release from the US Tour to play in this. There's about five or six guys who have had a release from the US Tour to go and play this Saudi event. Um, it, it'll be great. It'll be great viewing, actually. You know, all these players playing together. But uh, Dustin Johnson, for mine, uh, he does travel well. He plays well in other parts of the world. There is some good players, actually. If you're taking a look on Fox Sports this week, Phil Mickelson, um, he's been on the Jenny Craig diet. You should see him. Yeah. He's lost a few. Yeah, he's he looks like a one eye with ears at the moment. <laughs> he, um, he, he. Uh, Geez, he's lost some weight. He, he sort of needed to because you know get rid of the bra and all that sort of stuff that he was wearing. But he um he uh he looks actually quite good. He said he was disappointed with his play of last year, and so he should be. He looked like he swallowed a sheep. So and uh, you know he was struggling with a few things. But he's a hell of a player. He's one of well, he's the best player, the most talented player I've ever seen. Phil Mickelson, uh, Tiger Woods is the best player I've seen, but he's he's the most talented. They expect him to have a better year this year, supposedly. Good to hear. Uh, Gowie, what's happening at Pebble Beach? Uh, a heap of celebrities playing? A heap of celebrities playing. This is, a, this is a fun event. I've played this a lot. I've played four or five times at this event. It's a long week. You play three golf courses. Uh, you've got to have a lot of patience because you're looking for a lot of golf balls at different <laughs> times. Uh, you're hoping the weather's good. Normally, it's cold and it's rainy. Um, you know, only five Aussies playing in this week. But you'll see Greg Chalmers has got to start this week. He's on limited starts. And Jeff Ogilvie's making his comeback this week. He's going to try to play a lot more events. He played in his own event last week down in Rosebud. He actually missed the cut, but he's been practising. He's going to play, I think he's going for two or three or four months this year uh, to the US to play. Uh, we'll see how he goes. He's 45 years of age. He's five years until he gets to the Champions Tour. Um, he's coming up against you know, young players and um, you know he's still talented. Uh, I've watched him play last year, late in the year, and he can still hit it. So he'll be an interesting one. But celebrities are like the, the likes of Aaron uh, Rodgers, Gareth Bale, Josh Allen you know, from the Bills, uh, Justin Bateman. There's a whole heap of celebrities, um, you know, singers you know, from Macklemore to Darius Rucker, who always plays. Darius Rucker is the biggest golf mole in the world. He He's always the one that sings at the, all the all the functions, but it's a fun sort of week um, to watch the, you know, to take the celebrities out of their, you know, their comfort zone and put them on a golf course. And, um, yeah, it's a long week, but it'll be a fun week. I like Victor Hovland. You know, I think he's going to have a massive year. He won at the end of the year last year at the Hero Challenge. He's had one start this year and played pretty good. He's only $11. It's not much, but he's a quality player. In the off-season, I've been told he's worked on his short game, which was his chipping, which wasn't very good. 
Uh, if he's done that, all the rest of the parts of the game. These are small greens at Pebble Beach and Spyglass and Monterey Peninsula. So you need a good ball strike, and he's right up there. And then I've gone for uh, Adam Putman, uh, sorry, Andrew Putman, that you guys would never have heard of before. This is a guy that's just a top 10, top 20 machine. And he's a good ball striker. And I see he's at $21. I'd like him a little bit further out, but the tab have got him right this week. He's a guy that's just on the verge of winning one of these big events. And this is a, you know, this is the week before the Elevate event. So next week will be uh, the Genesis Open, and they're playing for $20 million on the US Tour. So they've got a couple of weeks. So Sorry, Phoenix and then uh, Genesis. So they've these Elevate events, which will be 10 10 events uh, throughout the year, I believe, and they um, all the best players will govern their, their games or their schedules around that. What's happening on the local scene? Yeah, second week of the tour this week. They're down the TPS Murray River down um, yeah, down there on the Murray. You know, some, some great golf last week. Uh, young Min A. Jung, the 20-year-old from Korea, who spent a majority of her time here. She beat the boys last week. You know, these are these dual events. Um, they're, they're great events. Young kids get to play on the final round with the best players. So that was that was great. Um, two rounds you'll see on Fox Sports late on Saturday and Sunday afternoons. If you if you've lost all your money on the punt on Saturday afternoon, switch over to Fox and you can see these young players. Um, I, I like uh, a guy that ran last week, ran third, sixty five, sixty five in the last round. Nathan Barbieri, who uh, is from Sydney, from the Monash Club. Uh, North Ride Club he, he grew up at and uh, he's he's slowly getting better, he's maturing every year and uh, he just needs to break through and you never know, confidence is everything in sport and if he has a little bit of confidence going in this week he could win Great stuff Gowie, thank you Thanks fellas uh, The Big Sports Breakfast Lunch back again Friday Feb 24 and this year it's being hosted by the ATC, it's at the wing stand there at Royal Randwick Join the big sports brekkie team, special guests from Racing HQ, sporting and racing royalty amongst it. It's going to be a great afternoon. Tickets on sale via the ATC's website. You can head to australianturfclub.com.au, australianturfclub.com.au to secure your seat for a fantastic afternoon. And uh, just on these electric bikes, pup, mm. uh, text here. Hey, guys, electric bikes are pretty safe. The fat wheel is better as it can go on the beach on the wet sand at about 40 k's per hour. Oh, now we're talking um, Bikes under 2000 on eBay are awesome. The seats are bum-friendly, padded. That's good. That's good. Uh, enjoy the day, guys. Broncos, Jace. Just going to do a bit of investigating. We don't see what I can find. But I'm not going and spending what you've just shown me. You showed me something for... <laughs> well, that has the, to be the top, top of the range. seven grand. Then you showed me something for 20 grand. I don't, I don't want to be spending that sort of money on a pushy. It's worth way more than my I car. don't mind that, though. I don't mind the theory of the get the fat tyre so you can take it on, on the sand as well. Mm. Is that, are you allowed to ride on the beaches? I Probably. just got to Stockton up at Newcastle. Yeah, I can't imagine you can ride the the bike on Bondi Beach, for example. Wouldn't think so. Oh, well, you can't do much on Bondi mm. Beach, so I wouldn't think that one you... Yeah. Anyway, I'll look into it. Thanks uh, for your help. Uh, also, when, uh, Mido, sending my best to Tom Brady uh, from the Expectations 199th draft pick. He will go down as the greatest sportsman of all time, no question, says Candace. Oh. Well, Candace, I'm very much still in the Michael Jordan Paddock, as far as that's concerned, but he's Tom Brady is in that elite category, no doubt about that. If you're just tuning in, Tom Brady overnight announced his retirement at age 45, 23 years in the NFL, seven Super Bowls, 10 Super Bowl appearances, five Super Bowl MVPs, 
uh, more individual awards and uh, accolades than you know is enough time to continue on this show for. Back with Giselle, Loz, I reckon as well now. Well, she, she was. No, in she's his... got the jujitsu bloke. No, incorrect, <laughs> incorrect. So. Go on, Mido, finish that sentence. I was about to say it myself. She was where in the in his uh, <clears throat> like his <clears throat> retirement sort of post on Instagram. <clears throat> She was a part of it. A picture of her and the kids, though. She's back yeah. in the game, no. boys. No. Once they leave, they never come back. <laughs> <coughs> is, is this back to a oh, get- just what I'm thinking. Oh, right, okay. So he, he, they've left. They've split. <laughs> That's what happens. That, is that right? That's it. Yeah, he's not going back to it. Okay. No. no. Done and dusted. He'll move on. She's moved on with the Judicu bloke. I'm sure Tommy Mido, will too. Can we move on, please? Was <laughs> McQuarrie Clarkie? Yes, What's Uzi, doing? he's on a plane, or he might have landed actually, or he might be flying this morning. His visa has been granted. He's already there, is he? It has been granted. It's been granted. Okay, as it was delayed an hour ago. So maybe he's flying first thing this morning. Uh, he'll meet the boys over in India. Looks like they've already had a training session, and he'll be good to go for the first test. Was he? But yeah, a bit of a delay. Why would? They, why couldn't they have got that sorted earlier? What, uh, why is it an issue now? Complications due to the fact he was born in Pakistan. Yeah, 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 but I, yeah, but I know that. But why wouldn't they have, instead of leaving it oh, no, they mightn't have two, left it. three weeks no, ago? No, this might have been done six months ago. We don't know how long ago how long this process has I thought has I read somewhere there. where it said... Only just been filed processed for. Processed it, yeah, only about a month ago. Well, you'd like to think as soon as you have a rough idea of what your squad's going to be... Ooh. You're putting it through. But yeah. to get a visa to India normally is a maximum of 10 days yeah. for what they're going over for. And no. Not like they need a, a two-year visa. No. You know, so, yeah, I think they would have thought that... You would that, think India would help in regards to cricket. Well, maybe that's what's happened to you. Maybe they're... Just the public maybe servant has looked at it and made that it Maybe he's just Pakistan. gone into like everyone else because right. there's... Yeah. Uh, born, was he was born in Pakistan, born wasn't in he? Born in Pakistan. Yeah. So maybe that takes a longer process, but it seems like yeah. Cricket Australia's probably contacted the BCCI yeah, saying, so come on, on let's get this sorted. Yeah. Uh, Aussie's had to wait one extra day. No big fuss. Yeah. Good story, though, for a headline. Mm. Um, we but can go way, full-blown conspiracy he's theory. He's over there. Well, India doing everything to conspire against our chances. Yeah. No, yeah. I, he's I had issues previously. One extra day is not going to make yeah. a difference. He'll be ready to rock for that first test match, that's for sure. And that's all that matters. You're going to love this text, loss. Um, what a sad, very sad morning. Goodbye, Tom Brady. Thank you for the memories. And Jono from Mudgee says, Jordan Brady Daly. Just those three words. What, John Daly? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what Daly are you talking about? For what, the goat? Yeah. Give well, me a break. Put... Give me a break. Tom Daly. <laughs> Mate, he wasn't even the best player in his club team. Oh, Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> Who sledged, oh. who sledged uh, Mark Sledge. Waugh? Remember they oh. said, mate, you're not even the best player in your family. <laughs> Jimmy Orman, nondescript English cricketer. Right. I think it was the How 97 good is that Ashes. Yeah, that's a pretty How good How good is that Mark Waugh, what yeah. was it? He was like, what are you doing out here? You don't belong out here. Turns around to him. Test debut, I think it was. Uh. At least I'm the best player in my family. <laughs> Amazing. That, that wouldn't have come natural, that's I don't think. Brilliant. He, would have, he did, would have been thinking that of something. Reckon. Yeah, I reckon he would have Well, whatever it. he's done, mate, that is, yeah. that is awesome. I reckon, I like it. It's one of the best, I yeah. reckon. Because... Australian cricket were renowned to be sledges. sledges. Yep. So I reckon Same this way would have had one for every player. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, the other two brothers, Denny and Dean, two brilliant cricketers as well. Mm. 
Danny played play... first grade for Bankstown, some second eleven games. Yeah. I don't know if he played for New South Wales. Dean, Dean played, played for New South Wales, New yeah, South Wales and yeah. then went to South Australia, played for yeah. South Australia. Right. But when that sledge occurred, I, I, I can't remember where I read this, but apparently Heels and Tubby yeah. were in hysterics yeah, to such an extent they couldn't even stand up straight for the next delivery. <laughs> Heels was a good in. sledger, wasn't he? Heels didn't mind a few words. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Gilchrist? Nah. Gilly didn't say No, nah, he didn't say much. Just walked him. He nicked it, Gil. <laughs> in a World Cup semi-final. Yeah. 2003. Uh, Walk when he didn't hit it. Um, Ken Schleicher. So, so in that era with, with um, Heels and Tubby and the War Boys. Haydos. Warney was the king. So, War, yeah. Warney. So, Warney's a Haydos, Big Sledger. Hayden was, yeah. Steve Ward, genius as well. Yeah. Dry sense of humour. Junior wouldn't have been much of a... Even oh, though he said no. that, was he? No. Junior wouldn't have said... I don't think he... Not too much. No. no. But Heels was always a chirper. Stuart Law, massive sledger. Yeah. Play against Queensland. Andrew Simons, massive sledger. Yeah. Matthew Hayden, those three when I first started in Shield cricket. Yeah. <sighs> but that would have been New South Darren Wales, Lehman, Jamie thing. Siddons, the old boys. Greg Blewett, those old boys at South Australia as well when I was a youngster. Yeah. They didn't miss you. You learned at first class cricket yeah. what international cricket was going to be about, that's for sure. Yeah. But you learned. Being being a fourteen year old playing grade cricket in Sydney, oh, yeah, late it. clubbies, 90s, oh, yeah. early two thousand, you would have absolutely. Yeah, clubbies, well, you said it. Stuart Clark over to you, didn't he? Yeah, he tried to. <laughs> tried to, no, just tried to kill me. Yeah, tried to kill me. <laughs> no, I couldn't. I was too small. I was too little. I couldn't hit it. Uh, yeah, yeah, big yeah, sarfras. Right. It's good. Good grounding. Put it that way. Yeah. <laughs>